Tēnā koea, no mai, haere mai, my name is Will Appleby, and welcome to Animal Matters. Today on the show, we're bringing you my interview with Alice Shopland, the founder of Aotearoa plant-based food company, Angel Food. Animal Matters is SAFE's weekly podcast. It's available on Apple, Spotify, or on whatever your favourite podcast platform is. Angel Food launched in 2006 and has since built a strong brand and reputation as one of Aotearoa's leading vegan cheese manufacturers. In 2014, they launched their dairy-free mozzarella, which was the first commercial vegan cheese to be made in Aotearoa. Since then, they've become the go-to plant-based cheese substitute, not only for veteran vegans, but mainstream consumers as well, who want to reduce or remove dairy from their diet. They also now have more competitors vying for shelf space in the vegan cheese aisle. Greater competition brings with it the need to constantly improve, which is exactly what Angel Food has done. Their 2014 mozzarella doesn't even compare with their current product. I'm always impressed with the improvements that they make to their products. And now they've added parmesan, cream cheese, cheddar and a cheesy sauce mix to their range. Angel Food were light years ahead of everyone else when they came onto the scene and have disrupted the market. The amount of shelf space they're given in supermarkets now would have been unthinkable five years ago. They've become an important part of Aotearoa's plant-based food culture. So without further ado... Here's my corridor with Angel Foods' Alice Shopland. Thank you so much for joining me today, um, especially this week whilst we've just had some COVID lockdowns, which you told me a little bit about now. But yeah, it's great to have you on the show because I think Angel Food is such an important part of plant-based food and veganism in New Zealand, and you're really spearheading that. So thanks for joining me. Thank you. Most appreciated. Tell us a bit about your background just to start with. How did you get started making vegan cheese? Um, Well, uh, almost 17 years ago, I um, adopted a vegan lifestyle, and um, I just thought it was the most amazing thing ever for the um, to make this single change to your life, which would have such a massive impact, um, predominantly for the animals that are involved in the uh, food chain, but also for the environment, personal health, and um, social justice in terms of equitable access to resources. Um, and I thought that all of my friends and family would see um, how fabulous veganism was and they'd all jump on board and then their friends would and pretty soon the whole world would be vegan job done but um strangely enough that didn't happen (laughs) um and I through conversations with friends I um you know a lot of people would say to me oh well good on you I can really see it's a good thing for you to do but I couldn't live without cheese and having been a massive consumer of dairy products myself, pre-vegan, I um, like I didn't think they couldn't actually live without it. But I understood that feeling, the kind of um, emotional attachment to those products. So um, a stubborn person that I am, I thought, okay, cheese is the key to this. And... Um, I looked around the world for what vegan cheese options were available. Um, And this was 
uh, so 15 years ago I was looking and um, there was not a lot of choice. I tried some of the uh, American ones. A friend brought them back from the States for me and um, they they were very American tasting. I don't think they were um, – be interesting to, th- to know what they're like now, but at the time they seemed very um, – you know, like American processed cheese. And that wasn't really what the Kiwi appetite would want. Um, but there were some better alternatives from the UK. So I started importing those, meanwhile carrying on my normal job as a freelance writer. So I was basically uh, importing these cheeses um, from the UK as a community service because I wanted them to be available to people in New Zealand who um, were vegan or would like to be vegan except for cheese. So um, that's how I got started. And um, at the same time, I was uh, doing lots of activism with organisations like SAFE, Um, you know, getting signatures on petitions, handing out flyers, going to protests, etc. And I... It gradually came to me that I could combine my love of food and my love of veganism and my activist um, bent into one thing if I had a business that was promoting vegan food. So that's really how Angel Food came about. What was the sort of reaction that your peers had to some of those early products that you were that you were importing a lot of i mean people were really really grateful that they were available that was um people who weren't vegan or weren't dairy free um were um generally unimpressed by the products i would have to say um and they compared with what's available now they were substandard um I think uh, the sort of perception of the, those early products was also um, clouded by the n- negative perception of veganism. You know, thinking back 15 years ago, um, veganism was perceived much more negatively in terms of the, you know, the bunch of unwashed, hairy killjoys who want to ruin our way of life and you know that uh, I I have been called a traitor to New Zealand for promoting dairy-free products but you know that was more than a decade ago um, nobody bets an eyelid now they, yeah you've previously stated that and you've you've mentioned that just now that you started angel food to help veganism become more mainstream um, how do your values play a role um, in your business? Well, uh, I think in the early days, um, the impact it had was that I was in business at all. Because uh, if you were looking at it from a purely financial um, point of view, I started way too soon. There was not sufficient market for uh, vegan products to start this business back in 2006. Um but because I wasn't uh, in it for the money, I was in it for the mission of the business, um, I, I stuck with it. 
and um, so that did mean that when the um, there was a sudden upsurge of interest in vegan and dairy-free products, um, we were ready for it. But also, it meant that our resources had been uh, pretty well drained, um, you know, financially and energy-wise um, through sort of just battling to keep it going um, when it was too soon in the market. But, um, you know, that, that's, that's what I chose to do, and it did work out. Um, other ways, values, impacts, um, you know, we're not purely financially driven. We try to make ethical decisions um, about our um, the people we do business with. Um, when we have a choice, we will choose the most ethical option. But, you know... Uh, Often, you know, <laughs> I can't be purely values-driven because my mission is to make vegan food mainstream. That means getting it into supermarkets. Supermarkets are not ethically driven businesses. If there was an ethical supermarket chain, then we would be in there like a shot. Um, but, you know, we don't have that choice. So it, my husband always says... Um, we didn't choose. We didn't design this game of business. Um, it's to a certain extent. It's like the rest of the business world is playing rugby, and we're trying to play soccer. So um, we do our best in the framework that exists. And of course, it's the framework of capitalism, um, and we we can't suddenly change that, however much we would like to. So um, and. Uh, <laughs> I mean, in some ways, my how my values impact is that I just feel guilty about things all the time, um, like packaging. We regularly have people uh, approaching us saying, we love your products, we hate that they're in plastic, um, can you please change this? And no, I can't, because there just aren't the options available to us at this stage that would, um, A, be affordable, because that's important to us. Part of being in the mainstream is having your products available to um, a wide range of people. Um, the plastic does a great job of protecting our products from uh, moisture and oxygen. And if we don't have that protection, then we would have a much shorter shelf life. And then you end up with lots of food waste, which is not ideal either. It's a bit of a balancing act, isn't it? Oh, totally. And uh, you're just constantly uh, doing the best you can, but it's 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 not perfect. You 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 mentioned how there was like a long period, you know, a long period of time between starting and when things really took off. What was that kind of watershed moment you felt? Um, I mean, the first time I, to be honest, the first time I heard about Angel Food was when it was first um, put on Hell's Pizza. Yep. Um, that would have been twenty. 14, 15, I can't remember now. And it would not long after that I actually went vegan. So it was good timing, really. Ah, um, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> you were a huge help. Um, so, yeah, what was what was that kind of watershed moment for you? Well, that was the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, yeah, so we, 
about 18 months before that, we had stopped importing soy cheese because, um, yeah, the logistics of bringing small volumes of chilled product from the UK were just nuts. And uh, it was very expensive um, and horribly complicated. And it was very easy for things to go wrong in the process. So we just stopped that and worked on developing our own um, vegan cheese. And uh, we eventually cracked that. And when I say cracked that, it's not a product that you would be able to introduce to the market now. Um, But for its time, it was good. And um, we did, we knew that Hell Pizza were interested in adding vegan cheese to their offering because they were working really hard to... um, um, address those specialty audiences with their menu. Um, so we were working with a contract food technologist to develop our um, mozzarella alternative. And each time we thought we had a good version, we would go to Hell Pizza and they would trial it in their ovens. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they would say, uh, yeah, it's good, but, you know, it needs to melt more quickly or more slowly or whatever and we'd go back and make alterations um so yes in 2014 the um formulation was finally ready and it went straight into hell pizza and we also got straight into several new world supermarkets and um yeah that was uh that was a really exciting year. It was fantastic. It felt um, so mainstream. And I remember around that same period just coming across um, random people like the electrician who came to fix the lights or something um, saying, uh, oh, yeah, dairy's not that great, is it? <laughs> and, and it was over a fortnight. We had several interactions like this with random people who – previously would have been muttering about vegans and how they wanted to destroy everything. And um, I think it was largely due to all of the publicity there had been about the impact on the waterways of dairying. And um, that had a a major impact in the sort of general um, perception of dairy as a benign industry that could do no wrong suddenly there was a a crack in that um, veneer of goodness and um, other information was able to get in at the same time. That was back in 2014. That that really kind of, um, you obviously went through that development with Hell Pizza. Um, Your products have have evolved a lot since then um, and they always seem to be in a constant state of evolution and improvement. Um, And for lack of the better word, like becoming more like the real thing. Could you tell us a little bit about research, how research and development plays a role for Angel Food? Um, yes, R&D is really, really important, um, uh, partly to fulfil our mission because um, we're asking people to go without a food that they really love. So the uh, option we are presenting has to be as good as it possibly can to make that, um, just to reduce the barrier to people choosing our product instead of a dairy product. 
Um, so that's one aspect. The other aspect is that now that the market is growing so significantly, we've got competition. Um, we can't, and if there are people who are doing a, a, starting their formulation now, um, they've got uh, all of the. When we started, we were um, it was really groundbreaking research because nobody else was well, very few people were doing that kind of um, product development. So there was no body of knowledge to draw on. There weren't academic articles or PhD theses on um, the chemical structure of vegan cheese alternatives. Um, We were really figuring it out ourselves. Um, But the people who are starting now have the benefit of the last 10 years of research that's been happening all over the world. So if you're launching now, you can immediately come in with a better product than we had 10 years ago. Um, so we, uh, we don't want to, uh, sort of lose our place to these uh, newcomers. We want to remain at the, um, forefront of, um, providing great vegan cheese alternatives. So that means, uh, the pressure is on to keep, um, improving our products, and um, yeah, it's it's also a really exciting area of the business. It's just so satisfying. Um, at the same time, it's expensive. It takes a lot of resources, and um, we we have to be careful not to overspend in that area. But we do get um, really good support from Callahan Innovation, which is a, a government agency that um, supports research and development in businesses and they um, co-fund all of our R&D which has been really really helpful. Going back a little bit earlier you mentioned um, and this is like a common thing that comes up with with non-vegans is they always talk about the cheese I can't give up the cheese Um, and um, it's not surprising that people who were vegan would have been thrilled that angel food came along because it's like, oh my God, I've got cheese that I can eat. Have you found that sort of line moving where more and more, um, I guess, non-vegans are a lot more open to the products that you make because it is becoming more like the real thing? I think our fastest growing market is flexitarians. So people who are intentionally um, cutting down on their consumption of animal products. Um, that's yeah so the number of flexitarians um, in New Zealand is growing so that potential market is growing at the same time they're picking up plant-based burgers more often than they're picking up a plant-based cheese I think because of the historic um, sort of association of uh, so you have meat eaters, and then you have vegetarians, and then you have vegans. So to go, you know, to go without your dairy is going straight to the vegan camp. Whereas to, um, it's less extreme to have a vegetarian meal than a vegan meal. Um, that that's my perception anyway. Also, um. It is really, really hard to create a uh, convincing 
dairy alternative made from entirely plant-based products. So um, I think a lot something like a burger patty is probably more similar to its um, animal-based equivalent than our cheese is to a dairy cheese. I accept that and, um, you know, we're constantly working on that and we are, as you say, we are getting better. But, um, but also there's more awareness of um, the, as well as the environmental damage, uh, there's more awareness of the health impacts of dairy. So um, because it's lost it's, some of its um, glow, the do-no-wrong glow. Um, so people who might get uh, stomach upsets from dairy or uh, they get itchy skin from dairy, um, I think they're probably a bit more inclined now to go, well, the dairy is obviously causing me problems. I'll have the dairy-free cheese instead. Which is quite common, actually. Like I, I know people who still eat dairy, but they talk about how they get a stomach upset from from dairy, but they still eat it anyway. And it's, like, super common. Um, and I, I just think people are crazy. Um, <laughs> I can say that because they're my friends. Um, That's the power of cheese, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's got a real hold over people. It's really interesting. What's it like running a startup? Um, it's not fair to call you a startup now because you've been around for... No, we're still a startup. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Technically you are, but it, it, you've been around for since 2006. But um, what what is it like running a startup in, in 2021 Aotearoa? Especially a, a plant-based food to start up for that matter, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very satisfying. It's exhausting. It's constantly challenging. Um, just dealing with new issues all of the time. Um, yeah, so some days you just want to go and hide in a corner and <laughs> hope everything will go away. But um, mostly it's really positive. And we um, see that we are making a difference um, in people's lives and we're making a difference for the animals. And, um, yeah, we're, to a certain extent, we're able to make our own decisions and do things our way. Um, so, yes, overall, I would say it's very satisfying. It's incredibly challenging. There's just so many issues. But because we've been doing this for a long time, we um, have gathered around ourselves um, good staff, good advisors, good um, contractors in terms of, you know, the, the companies that do our sales and merchandising in the supermarkets and um, our design agency and our, um, uh, you know, our lawyer and, you know, all of the people who um, you need in your um, environment to support what you do we've been able to, um, over the years, uh, get, gather a team that we work really well with. I imagine now you're also probably taken a lot more seriously than you were back in 2006. Um, what's it like now going to a meeting with, you know, a supermarket executive or, or managers or buyers compared to, say, 10 years ago? Like, what's the what's the um, the mood that you receive now? Oh, 
Well, I would have to say because of the timing, um, you know, when, when we launched our New Zealand made products, people were people in the supermarket industry were starting to be aware that yeah this wasn't going to go away this was a real thing and they had to make some shelf space for it so um in the before that we did have people just thinking we were ridiculous and this was obviously going to die a natural death and they didn't have to worry about it but um countdown for example um approached us probably two years after we launched into hell um, and said we want your products how do we make this happen so um, wow so they approached you yeah I don't know why I'm surprised because it makes complete sense but that's 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 incredible well I was surprised Um, (laughs) just because I had um, uh, I thought it was going to be a massive um negotiation and battle to get our products in there and um, I hadn't felt ready to um, tackle that imaginary battle and then there they were phoning me up so um, yeah uh, we do get taken more seriously definitely Um, and partly because we've been in business so long um, and uh, yeah people are much more aware that um, plant-based or vegan or whatever they call to, choose to call it is um, is a significant thing. I mean, we still face challenges because we are a startup. You know, we're not part of some multinational organisation with very deep pockets. Um, and possibly because of our um, uh, idealism or our ethical underpinning, we do things a bit differently and uh maybe that makes it look to some uh industry people like we're not serious but um but i have to say our um food technologist went along to a um a food science event um a couple of weeks ago and um he he's quite new to the company and he was um thrilled with how much interest there was from other uh, food technologists and um, in industry and in academia and what we're doing and, um, yeah, a real awareness of um, what we're about. Well, thank you for everything you do, Alice. Um, and thank you for, you know, giving me um, some Hell's Pizza with cheese on it when I decided to take the plunge <laughs> and go vegan. <laughs> I'm was glad, the, glad the timing was right. It was, it was perfect. It was, um, I was living, I was at the time living with a, living with someone who was vegan and I, I'd been thinking about veganism for probably about two years up until that point. And then, um, these boxes of Hell's Pizza started showing up at the house covered in this, this vegan cheese and, um, yeah, um, <laughs> it helped persuade me, that's for sure. Well, that, yeah, that is totally why we do what we do. Yeah. Because, I mean, that is a prime example of the barriers being reduced. Totally. I don't think it's a unique story either. Like, it's, it's mm, yeah, yeah, it's something as simple as, you know, being able to order a pizza and it's um, basically like the real thing. Like, I, I honestly can't even remember what pizza was like before <laughs> before all this um because it's you know um 
I still order Hell's Pizza. When I make pizza, I use angel food and it just works and it's delicious and it brings back all those memories of nostalgia that I had growing up making pizzas with my dad. And that's, um, I think that's, you know, um, really important for people. Um, so thank you for everything you do and thank you for joining me. It's been a, a, a pleasure to speak with you. Oh, thanks, Will. And um, yeah, uh, I don't, don't often go out on safe um actions now but um absolutely a supporter of safe and i'm uh yeah really happy to have basically come full circle from my early days getting all those petition signatures to being on your podcast thank you for listening to animal matters this podcast is brought to you by safe for animals new zealand's leading animal rights organization and produced by myself will appleby Make sure you subscribe to stay across Animal Matters on whatever your favourite podcast platform is. If you're listening on Apple, please leave a rating as it helps other listeners to find the show. Until next time, mate wa.